Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, Hello, and thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This show is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals, Neurocrine Biosciences, and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today I have two very special people um, from OSU, Ohio State University. Um, I've got Ann Kluth, and I've got... Deb, say your last name for me. Kegelmeyer. Kegelmeyer. <laughs> and they are... They are physical therapists and um, and researchers at Ohio State University. And I'm actually going to have each one introduce themselves and tell a little bit about um, their background. Anne, can you go first? Yes, um, I'd be happy to. I am um, uh, a professor clinical in the physical therapy division at Ohio State University. Um, I'm also a co-director of the Neurologic Physical Therapy Residency uh, Program that's at OSU. I have been working um, in the uh, Movement Disorders Clinic for over 10 years here at OSU, and um, reg- and as part of that, that is uh, includes the Huntington's Disease Clinic, and uh, have a- extensive experience working with people with movement disorders. Uh, my research um, is along with uh, Dr. Kegelmeyer and um, Sandra Kostick, who's our neurologist at our clinic, um, is in the area of balance and gait assessments and interventions, um, particularly looking at uh, interventions to prevent falls in people with Huntington's. Awesome. And Dr. Kegelmeyer, could you just give a little bit of a background? Yeah, I'm Deb Kegelmeyer. I'm also a professor clinical at Ohio State University and work with Ann and Dr. Kostick, both in the Huntington's Clinic and in our research in the men laboratory. And I also have had over 10 years experience working with Huntington's disease, both in the clinic and in research. I really appreciate you ladies coming on today to talk. Um, so why did you guys get involved in Huntington's research? We primarily got involved because both Ann and I had come to Ohio State with a background in working with individuals with movement disorders and had a big interest in that area. And so we set up a meeting with Dr. Kostick and said, we'd like to get more involved. And she said, awesome. And I, by the way, I have uh, this Huntington's clinic, and I think it would be really great for you guys to get involved in that clinic. And so um, kind of chalk it up to Dr. Kostick saying, come on over here and start working in Huntington's disease. Uh, 
um, yeah, she she pretty much uh, roped us in, and uh, once we got going, we just did not want to stop. We was so enjoyed like working with the Huntington's disease um, community, both patients and their family members, and um, it's been a, just a wonderful experience for us. That's really good to hear. We certainly love having, um, you know, researchers and professionals who stay in the community, very passionate about the community, um, and and um, you know, for the reason of you, you get to know the families, and they just become a big part of your heart. So, um, so tell me about your research. Tell me about what type of research you guys are doing right now. Well, one of our big studies that we want to talk about is. Um, called Move to Improve. And as you mentioned before, it came from a previous study where we used the video game Dance Dance Revolution and had people try that to work on their balance. People had a lot of fun with it and Huntington's disease and we had some results. Um, so we've been looking for a way to come up with an intervention that we could have people do without them having to come to Columbus, Ohio. We know that can be hard. Uh, to get groups together with Huntington's disease. And so working with our dance professional, we developed this online dance program. Well, that is cool, an online dance program. Tell me about that. And do you uh, want to describe it? Okay, sure. Um, what it is, uh, we actually um, contacted a a professional dancer, and um, the uh, exercises then are about it's 45 minutes long, and the person can access them on their computer. And it is a kind of a combination of different types of exercise, some you know, uh, um, moving the moving to music, but also you know, practicing sometimes like um, standing up, sitting down. Um, doing some actual, it incorporates some actual dance movements, much like um, salsa or, you know, some of the more popular kinds of dance styles. And so it's really a combination, but the idea is we want to try to promote not only physical activity, but we're also trying to see if it might improve cognition and, and people's ability to think. So because it does require that they think about the movements as they're moving. An important piece of it is that we have the care partner, whoever that might be for that individual involved with them, because we know that care partners also need to get active and take care of themselves. And so both individuals participate um, in the dance program and with the study the way we're doing it right now. That's a very good thing. Um, so, because I know that would probably be a stress release for the caregiver as well. Um, so how long is your study right now? This one will be 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. Twice, the, um, the exercises are done twice a week and then over the 12 week period. And right now we're trying to recruit people that can come into Ohio State to get um, some pre and post assessments done. But our long-term goal is that this would be available to anyone, anywhere in the country or, or even further out. And it is already up online 
uh, where, given the link, anyone could access it. But um, just to get things validated and to make sure things are working right, we're enrolling people that can come in for that pre and post testing right now. So who would people reach out to in order to get enrolled? They can reach out to either Ann or myself um, or our research coordinator, Raquel um, Minarch, also Dr. Kostick, if they let any one of us know. Um, our emails like Ann's is ann.cluse at osumc.edu. Mine is deb.kegelmeyer at osumc.edu. So um, we're relatively easy to find there at Ohio State. We, we do have a um, website um, that is the MEND, like M-E-N-D, laboratory, and that's another place where you can go to get information. I'll make sure to share that um, link on the show page, um, so that way people can get to it fairly easily for your area. Um, so hopefully we can get some people enrolled. And hopefully after 12 weeks, you guys take a take a look and see that it benefits and can roll it out to more people. That would be really fun. Yeah. Yes, we're hoping that it will be beneficial. So is this the only study you guys have going on now? No, no we actually have three others. <laughs> oh, okay. So tell me about those. Um, well, one of the studies actually um, sort of related to the dance in that it is about trying to improve, uh, for instance, balance. And balance is something that is affected with Huntington's disease. And uh, we're always thinking about trying to improve safety for people and um, in, in, in keeping them as mobile as possible. So uh, we have paired up with some researchers at other universities, and we are doing a study in which we are going to test um, a variety of different assessments that are commonly used in physical therapy to assess balance in people. And we're going to look and see, first of all, um, because many of them have not actually been utilized or studied in terms of whether or not they're um, good tools to be using with people with Huntington's, and we're going to look at like reliability and validity. But um, in, a, in addition then, what we're really hoping is that we can develop some type of possibly a new balance instrument that could be used with people with Huntington's. And that would be a good tool for us to be able to determine, say, whether a person is at risk of falling or um, to say, okay, after we do an intervention with them, do they get better in terms of their balance? And um, this is something that's very lacking right now. And we really think this would be an important addition to the research. And Dr. Kostick is very fascinated with uh, one of the balance measures in particular. Uh, we all think that single leg stance, standing on one leg is pretty um, indicative of when balance problems start in Huntington's disease. And so, uh, we have a study where we're going to be looking at uh, all of the people that we've assessed at the clinic and how that changes over time. And um, some of us are calling it by a more official name, but Dr. Kostick calls it the Flamingo Study. <laughs> so I love that because yeah. I have a personal story for that. 
I love that because when my dad um, started progressing, that's what we would do to see about his balance is he and I would do these contests to see who could stand on um, yeah. one leg longer. So um, then when he realized he was having, he was losing, that's when he would do physical therapy. <laughs> so, so then he would, he would tell me like, oh, okay, well now, now try it that I've done physical therapy. I can, I can keep my balance now. Well, you and your dad were way ahead of time, see, but we've <laughs> noticed that same thing that, um, and it's not the same in other neurologic disorders. Um, it's particular to Huntington's that that ability to stand on one leg seems to uh, very much demonstrate the early balance changes. And that's one of the reasons we also in the past have looked at stair climbing, how people do going up and down stairs because what you don't realize is that to go up and down stairs, you have to be able to stand on one leg for several seconds at least with good balance. And so um, we, we see a lot of falls, unfortunately, and people with Huntington's on the stairs mm -hmm. more than older adults and some of the other things. And so we've been interested at looking at that and trying to figure out how to um, improve that and stop people from falling on stairs. That's actually one of the reasons that when my dad was in um, the advanced stages in the last year of his life, we chose a um, bottom floor apartment for him because uh, it was during COVID. And so we were taking care of him at home. And so I had to move him closer to me. And I chose a bottom floor apartment because he could not do stairs. Yeah, absolutely couldn't do them. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's interesting to hear all of this because I didn't realize that it was exclusive to HD. It's something that we just did as a joke, you know, <laughs> like, okay, dad, let's, let's see who can stand on one leg better. And, um, you know, we did physical therapy early. Anytime I could get physical therapy approved, um, we did it. So, you know, when he had a physical therapist over, he would absolutely be like, okay, well, I've done my physical therapy. I bet I can stand longer than you can. So that was, it was a running joke with us. That's wonderful. Doing the physical therapy or some type of exercises that have a focus on balance early on and throughout the disease is really important. And kind of stepping off of that is our last study, because as well, when we watch people go down the stairs, we saw this difficulty lowering themselves, you know, when you go to lower down to the next step and we started asking, is this a muscle problem? And it has to do with that ability to, for a muscle to kind of slowly control a contraction. And there's a researcher in Dayton, Andy Boss, who is also interested in that aspect. And so, our other study is, we call it muscle HD, but it's looking at muscle activity in individuals with Huntington's disease. And we're just getting that one started this summer. Be very yeah. interested in that. Yeah, I mean, this is an area, it hasn't been well studied in terms of just how our muscles changed by the disease. And, um, and the, you know, one thing that we notice in, in patients with, um, uh, Huntington's is that they do sometimes have trouble like uh, holding on to things that they drop things often and so we really would like to kind of understand what might be the underlying reason for that and with this study we are going to explore that and look at um, you know whether 
if we stimulate the muscles um, and have them um, perform some just uh, squeezing like a grip type of, of um, exercise, um, we're going to look and see whether do they do their muscles fatigue earlier than you know a typical person, um, and also um, you know is it even looking at might what might be the underlying reason if they do um, have fatigue? Is it because they're not getting enough blood flow to the muscles? Um, there's some evidence in in the um, animal models of Huntington's that maybe there's not the same amount of blood getting to the muscles. And that might be why they fatigue. And that study, when we start doing it, will be very easy if people want to volunteer. We just have to be able, again, to come to Ohio State, but only one time. And as Ann said, you'll just be like gripping something, finger tapping, um, easy things like that. And you'll wear like a sweatband on your arm and it has a little light in it that does the blood sensing. So no muscle biopsies, nothing like that where it's all very easy and done from externally. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and it also makes me think of what, you know, talking about dropping things. Um, I'm terrible about dropping things. And um, I always watch my reaction time because I'm gene positive and I'm pre-symptomatic. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, if I'm dropping things, is that HD? Anyways, um, I would compare it like when I saw my dad and even when I do it, I really compare it to when I was pregnant and I became clumsy during pregnancy where all of my muscles were relaxing and I was really tired. And so I would drop things then, but when I'm not tired, I catch everything. So <laughs> It's interesting that you guys are doing a study on that, on all of that. Um, you went mute. What is oh, behind now. that? Um, so yeah, definitely keep me posted. Yeah, I think it'll be very interesting. We're intrigued at what this new method of looking at that and what it'll show. It would help physical therapists to know better how to guide therapy, definitely. It would change my approach. Um, so it, it has some pretty significant meaning. I think it would be interesting too if you guys actually did um, pre-symptomatic and very early stage HD um, just to get like a, a baseline, um, you know, for those who, who are more aware of that going on. Um, but really, you know, we're constantly told that that's obviously you can drop stuff anytime. So um, right. you know, obviously it could also be HD. So it might yeah. be really cool to do a baseline like that, a baseline study of pre-symptomatic or early stage and um, really study those over years um, to see how that goes. Yeah, it would be interesting. We are aiming, this is one study where you can get individuals involved who are further progressed, whereas some of the other ones end up, you know, it's frustrating, but only want people who are in earlier stages. Um, yeah, it's hard to tell with dropping. I drop my phone all the time. My husband thinks I'm just trying to get a new one, but um, that, that, that isn't the case. I don't know why, but the phone gets dropped. 
Well, it's funny because I actually have better reflexes after having my kids. My kids are young. I've got toddlers. So that's why I'm kind of mentioning it. But I have better reflexes after my kids than I did before. Um, and that's probably because I'm just more aware because of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I have to react faster. Um, but I definitely notice that in myself, just that my reflexes are faster afterwards. But um, but yeah, this is all so exciting and so cool. I'm so glad that you guys are doing this. Um, before I let you go, I do want you to um, think about what is one recommendation that you would have for people with HD? Your top recommendation. I think probably both of us would agree, but um, my number one is start being active early and stay active. And I always tell patients, I don't care what you do because I want you to, it to be something you're interested in, you enjoy so that you will keep doing it. Um, but it does need to involve getting up on your feet and moving around. Um, it's just so important across the disease spectrum over and over again, we've seen how bad inactivity and sitting around is for people and what a positive impact and it does slow down disease progression and many disorders and diseases to that remaining active. Yeah, I would totally echo what Dr. Kegelmeyer is saying. And um, I would say also, I mean, one thing that we really want to get out is that physical therapists can really be of benefit to people with Huntington's throughout the entire disease. And even like from the beginning, we can um, give them maybe some balance or, you know, aerobic types of exercises to keep them, you know, their fitness level and keep them mobile. And then when they're having balance problems, we can give them balance exercises. And then even in the later stages, we can help with um, mobility and being able to move from, you know, you know standing up, um, uh, transferring from one uh, surface to another and, um, and, uh, and, and as well teach the uh, family members and caregivers like how they could assist the person to be more um, mobile. I 100% agree. I um, swear by a physical therapist. I don't know what we would have done had we not gotten dad involved early in physical therapy because it really did help him keep his balance for a lot longer and keep him um, mobile for a lot longer. Um, and one of the things at the very end was his hands. He couldn't, you, you know, his hands went into a specific form and uh -huh. um, had physical therapy not been there to kind of help us with the movement of his hands, um, he would have lost full function of them. So, because his hands just kind of curled. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I swear by physical therapists, they, you guys are awesome. I don't know what we would do without you. So thank you for the studies you're doing for everything that you're doing for us. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're really happy to hear that. You have a positive. Uh, I have, do. have I had do. a positive experience with. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, well, thank you, ladies, for coming on and joining me and, and sharing that information. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, 
for those who are um, tuning in, please make sure that you listen for next week. Um, we have a show coming up where Seth, BJ, and I are going to be talking about the convention, and we're going to actually be going live at convention, um, where we're going to be talking about the upcoming FDA listening session for the pre-symptomatic people. Um, so that's really exciting. That's end of July that we have that listening session. I want to make sure that people know Seth and BJ were, are going to be sending out a survey through the HD community. Um, please make sure to respond to it. Um, and like I said, we will be going live at HDSA convention. Um, so make sure to tune in for that. And it is uh, Awareness Month right now. So I'm curious how everybody is doing with the Awareness Month. Um, and so make sure to share your stories. Uh, I love to hear, you know, what's going on. And, um, and you know, I had put out a challenge for hashtag this is HD. I've had a few people. Um, we are actually going to have a show with somebody who shared a ton of photos with me and a really amazing story. So I'm going to have her come on and talk in the next few weeks. Um, just very powerful story. And it all came from this, this is HD. This is the real HD. This is good, bad, ugly, beautiful, all of it. And um, so please continue to share that through um, HD Awareness Month. And until radio. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.